Do I think he's any worse than the former five U.S. presidents before him? No. Really, I think the only difference with Donald Trump is he didn't have a filter. So he wasn't politically correct. And if he wins and then pardons himself, but he can't do it with state charges, but decides, no, I'm a sitting U.S. president, fuck the states. Now you've got a constitutional crisis. So hard because ethically and morally, if Trump has done something wrong criminally that have hurt other people, he should be held accountable. The Thai Kings podcast contains language that may be offensive to your sensibilities. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the podcast. This week, we're going to talk about Donald Trump. How's he going to impact economics? Well, stay tuned. Find out. podcast today i'm going to talk about donald trump now i try to stay out of fucking politics but this is pretty heavy stuff going down in the united states just yesterday trump was indicted for the fourth time um this time a state indictment um it's really piling up now it's been fascinating before i get into the economics of donald trump it's been fascinating just watching a former sitting u.s president be criminally indicted. Um, just fascinating for the dynamics of it. Where do I stand on Donald Trump? Well, everybody knows I'm a little bit left-leaning. I'd like to say I'm centered to a lot of degrees, but when it comes down to social issues, I definitely, I'm over on the left. Um, and Donald Trump is not so much. Um so him as an individual, I I, I definitely, he wouldn't be a friend. <laughs> he wouldn't be a friend. Um, do I think he's any worse than the former five U.S. presidents before him? No. Really, I think the only difference with Donald Trump is he didn't have a filter. So he wasn't politically correct. But in a lot of ways, um, he was no better or no worse um, than the former presidents before him. That includes, you know, Barack Obama, uh, Bush Jr., um, Clinton, um, Bush Sr., Reagan, um, and now we have Biden. Um, all of those presidents have had their own faults as well. Um, we'll go to Obama. He, he's a neoliberal through and through, right? So, he subscribes to the very things that are causing ills for the lower class economic um, individual in the United States. Um, and he launched multiple uh, strikes against foreign territories that killed innocent people and civilians or civilians and children. Um, Bush Jr. Well, we got the Iraq war. We've got Afghanistan. Right? Clinton. His personal life was dubious at best as well. But maybe we all have dubious personal lives. Um, so it's very easy to, you know, find the superstar and find their dubious fucking moments in their lives and pick them apart if you're on one side of the aisle. So for, so from that perspective, I, I, don't, I don't rate Trump, you know, good or bad. You know, he had economic advisors. He had policy advisors, just like the rest of the president's. 
Um, and he did what he chose, um, that was right for his country. Um, so that's kind of where I stand on it. You could, you could put Bush Jr. up for war crimes, right? War crimes that should carry a very, very harsh penalty. So if you want to go tit for tat, right? I also think that it's very dangerous and divisive, um, to criminally charge a former U.S. president um, for the country. I think for, for a country like the U.S. that's in decline at this point. It's probably started declining in the late 90s, most likely, early 2000s. Um, as all empires, you know, go through their life cycles. Um, so I think it's it's not a good idea myself. Um I think it it for one it 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 coalesces the extreme right. Um, it gives the extreme less left a false sense of victory, but without any actual achievements for their cause. Um, and it gives people in the center confusion. Um, it makes people that are you know moderately right rebel. I might even push them into a more extreme right view. So it's dangerous. And, you know, you can see it like in in the polling that those effects, right? That, you know, Donald Trump is, you know, politically on his side is doing just fine with these indictments, right? So there is that coalition, coalition, co. They're gelling together. Um, so I just, you know, I, and even, so let's say he's found guilty on, uh, the third set of indictments, the federal indictments, and he actually gets prison time. How, how are people on the, the moderate or extreme right going to react to that? You know, this is their leader in a sense. This is their figurehead, right? And you're supposed to bring a country together, you know, your political system, you know, Supposed to, you know, put the divisive uh, issues out on, uh, you know, the the Senate floor or the Congress floor or whatever the houses are called down in the United States. Um, you know, work those um, differences out there, and then the political system comes together and it works for the greater good of the American people. Charging an eighty-year-old man um with with crimes you know treason or whatever they're calling them i think the latest one um is it's a rico (laughs) organized crime trump may indeed be guilty of some of these charges i don't know i it's it seems on the face of it he probably is um but we're we're all all of us you know in canada uk united states you know democratic countries we are Innocent until proven guilty. Um, there is, though, there should be, the saying is that there's nobody above the law. And that's true. You know, if, if Trump went and, you know, put somebody down, let's say, you know what I'm saying, there probably should be criminal consequences, even for him. He didn't do that, okay? 
And it's a touchy subject around, you know, First uh, Amendment rights, free speech. Um, in almost every circumstance, nobody's above the law and it, it nothing should influence the justice system, you know, so long as if the laws are actually just and constitutional. Um, but there are the rare cases, and this is American history after all, that maybe some sort of compromise can be made in this situation. You're not going to heal America, as I said, like in the first part of of the podcast, um, by imprisoning Donald Trump. You're going to incite one half, and you're going to give a false sense of victory to the other. Nothing, Nothing's going to come together. There's going to be no healing, Right. There's going to be no justice, you know, somewhere down the line, um, another president, you'll say, well, the, the next time they, the, whoever will be a, the commander in chief will think wisely about it. No, the next, let's say, right leaning commander in chief may be more extreme and tear down more democratic institutions while he's in power. I'll tell you this. What's really dangerous right now is if Trump gets elected. Imagine what he's going to do to some of the institutions in the in America. He is going to set some more precedents, just like he did in his first four years. And I suspect it would be damaging to the democratic structure of the United States. Um, so it's all a risky game. Now, as for the ec- economic consequences, well, we know how the, how the markets react to news. Okay. We know how it reacted to COVID. We'll just keep it to the United States. We watched some markets during COVID, those first two months. It was quite alarming, right? We watched it after 9-11, right? If you have half the country, not an open rebellion, but seriously dissatisfied, Let's face it, half the country, close, supports Donald Trump. And then you have the extreme parts openly rebelling. How do you think markets are going to react to that? And then when you have, uh, you know, market contagions, then you start getting into credit contagions. And this is, I'm being all hypothetical here. I haven't done a model or anything like that. But let's just go down the hypothetical road. So credit markets start freezing up. So now you've got social un- unrest on one side. Probably it will start developing social rest on the other side um, due to economic conditions. You know, it's just another step down the, the ladder for the American empire, right? I just don't see. It's so hard because ethically and morally, if Trump has done something wrong criminally that have hurt other people, he should be held accountable. But at the same time, this is such a rare, extraordinary situation that special considerations probably should be made. Remember, I'm left, a left-leaning guy. In the center, but I lean to the left. So this is coming from a guy that it, probably as an American, I wouldn't vote for. As an international observer for the sheer entertainment of it, You know, I felt more safe as with Trump as president, you know, when it came to wars and whatnot, right? Right now, we're antagonizing Russia. 
Trump didn't do that. I don't know what his reasons were for being particularly close to Russia or appearing to be particular, particularly close to Putin. I, I don't know the reasons. I'm not in the, you know, the inner circle. Um, but it, it made the prospect of a nuclear exchange um, far less likely compared to where it's at now. And I know we've got the dynamics of Ukraine being a sovereign nation um, that is, you know, within Europe, even though it's not part of the European Union and not part of NATO. Um, Obviously, there are complications there with just letting Russia roll over Ukraine. Um, And, you know, Trump focused on whether this is right or wrong, focused on the the real rival um, for the United States, and that was China, right? That's that's really the economic and, you know, military rival of the United States, not Russia. So maybe there, there was some sort of way of just containing Russia's nuclear weapons by being kind to them and diplomatic. And that includes North Korea. You know, Trump went down there, crossed the border, you know, and met with their leader, Kim Jong-un, correct? I'm getting the father mixed up. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So from an an international perspective, I almost like Trump better. Um. But obviously, though, I, I this is very dynamic. I have fears what he does to the democratic structure of the United States, though, when he's in power, even as his first four years, some of the manipulating games he played. But all presidents are guilty of that, right? And you may find one president more agreeable because you're on one side of the aisle than the other just because of ideology, um, for me, I, I'm, I'm pretty back and forth, even with Bush, uh, Jr., even though yeah, I'm pretty sure he committed, uh, war crimes. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, there were parts of him I admired. Uh, one part is he, he kind of stuck to his guns, even though th- there was huge pushback and rightly so on, you know, his Afghanistan and Iraq positions. It was predictable, and he stuck to his guns. So I can look at all of them and give them credit. You know, Bill Clinton, great speaker, great speaker. He might have had some issues outside of office. He was a really good speaker, and he was he was good for international connections. You know, Obama was very good domestically um, for rallying the left to be passionate about doing good things on a societal level. He had his faults, though. You know, he had his faults. Um, Very neoliberal in a lot of ways, right? So he was able to put on the mask of, you know, being that progressive individual. But truthfully, he was just part of the, the economic system. So... My, you know, I guess I've kind of gone off in a lot of ways here already and steered away from the economics, but I've kind of spelt it out. You know, 
markets will react badly if Trump is convicted. Markets will react even worse if he's incarcerated. Because markets like stability. Yeah, and this would be a very unstable situation to have a sitting, a former sitting president of the global global superpower, even though China's rising, go to prison. Right? And the effects of that politically, you know, for both uh, the Democrats and Republicans going forward is immense. Or as Trump would say, huge. Huge. It'd be huge. Um, you know, what, 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 that, that will become a political tool is the threat of indictment and criminal offenses. And I think there's maybe a good unwritten rule that that is, you know, not sought so much. Even when the average um, citizen, it would be sought for. And that's simply for the preservation of the United States as a democratic country. It's a tough one. So if I was, I I did a blog some time ago, a few months ago, about if I was a leader of the world, well, if I was the supreme leader of the United States, even above the, the, the president, I would end all four cases against Trump. And I would decree it's over. I would also say you can run again. After I decreed that all cases are wiped clean. One, we don't want criminal cases uh, inciting a fringe group um, of voters that will vote. Um. We don't want that. That's not part of the, you know, moving America forward or any country forward. And two, um, the banning Trump from actually running again would be the same thing as indicting him, convicting him criminally. Be the same thing he would incite. So if I was supreme, super supreme leader, that's what I would do. No charges and you can run again and let the people vote. And at that point, it's up to the Democrats to demonstrate why Trump is a issue for their country to ever do a second term. It would, it's, on, it's in their court at that point. Um, right now, you know, the Democrats probably, I'm not an American, but I assume Democrats really like this, Trump's being indicted. But really, you're just, you're, you're not going to be as motivated to go vote as Republicans are going to go vote on this issue now, right? So I don't know how it helps you in the future in that, that respect, because you could say, well, we, we get him. We, you know, he's incarcerated before the election. We know the Trump's lawyers are going to push this along, kick this can down the road. And if he wins and then pardons himself, but he can't do it with state charges, but decides, no, I'm a sitting U.S. president, fuck the states, now you've got a constitutional crisis. The, the, the benefits of all of this do, um, certainly do not outweigh the risks to the American empire.
That's that's my thinking. A very dynamic way of thinking about it. And it, I have to stress, this is not about fucking excusing bad behavior. You know, it's not. But as it stands, with the, uh, the American empire being so powerful, to have some sort of breakdown in it quickly would just be dangerous for the rest of the world. I don't want to see that. You know, I'd rather see that slow decline over time, that natural slow decline. Sorry, America, but that's what's happening. Let's be a safer transition. And, you know, as a a day trader, um, I'd enjoy the volatility of the markets going crazy if Trump was either one indicted or was literally sent to prison. I'd probably make a killing as a day trader. It'd be all a big risky, risky thing, but I'd be short in a lot of stuff. <laughs> um, but economically, like macroeconomically, yeah, people are going to lose their jobs, right? That's like a contagion. Right when the financial system goes crazy like that, you start you start to leak into the credit markets, right? Once you do that, once your your actually private credit is being affected by some exogenous thing like indictments and incarceration of former sitting presidents, right? That's deadly, right? That's deadly. Yeah. And but why? Why? Why would credit and stuff? Well, think about it from a, a micro perspective. So you're a loan officer, and there's civil unrest in the United States at this point. Somebody wants to buy a house. You're going to look, well, right now, over the next six months, it's pretty risky. That house could get destroyed by riots, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Hypothetical thinking. I'm not going to give you that loan right now. Okay? That's the type of contagion I'm talking about. I don't like doing politically driven podcasts. This is the first one I've tried. Um, but it's on my mind. It's been on my mind. So as this is a, a fucking journal to me, <laughs> I thought I should get it out there. You know, what do you guys think? You know, you know, put it in the, the comments if you're watching this on YouTube. You know, what do you think? Should he should the, the justice system move forward and no exceptions for anybody? regardless of the risk to the nation of America? Or should there be considerations to kind of smooth things out so the country can move forward? Now, what are your thoughts? Maybe maybe you're thinking differently from me, and you think that, you know, he'll, he'll again indict it, convict it, people get over it in a few weeks, and we'll just go on as business as usual. That might be the case, but I don't know. We've never seen this before, right? We never say that might be the case. You know, a hard time seeing that with that, you know, such the left and the right down there. I really have a hard time seeing that something that big would just be dismissed after a few weeks or maybe a few months. You know, you look at the January 6th situation and I avoid calling it an insurrection because 
I tell you, when you watch movies, insurrections are a, a little bit different. So I don't know. I think that's a politically driven wor- word. But if you look at what happened, right, you look where the country is just there, a simple election loss. Amplify that with an indictment of some people's heroes, hero, and maybe a, a conviction and then incarceration. You better take away Trump's uh, cell phone as soon as he's convicted because if if what he did, you know, that speech was insightful on January 6th. I don't know. I say Canadians should build a wall at that point. <laughs> Sorry, guys, we're going to just build a wall. There's some fuckery going on down there. It's frightening. It's frightening in a lot of ways. And it's something we need to really take seriously. I think right now, too, you know, the media is having a heyday, whether it's, you know, Fox News or CNN or MBNC or, you know, whatever that left one is. I think they're both. I think both sides of the media down in the the States are fucking crazy. Honestly, both sides of fucking showboating bullshit. But I think a lot of that, you know, really focuses on the extreme sides of both sides, the left and the right. And I wonder what the middle is really, or is the middle really conceptualizing the risks here, right? So maybe the middle's not really talking down in the States. And that's frightening because how do, how, how do the, you know, the middle right people and the middle left people react after a situation like this? You know, and specifically I'm thinking about the middle right. You know, maybe they're not taking this serious, you know. And maybe the middle left is not taking the reality, you know. The next, you know, uh, left-leaning president that leaves office at this point is, uh, is Biden. He's now at risk, you know, of a Republican-controlled Congress, Senate, and executive branch pushing an indictment. Right. Whether it's justified or not, that's a different story. Right. But that precedence is now being set. And I know this happens in other countries, but this is the goddamn United States. Like the, so I'm born in 1983. I'm 39. Okay. You know, my age, I'm young, young, young. Um, but my whole life, you know, America has been the superpower and I hesitate to say this, but I'll say it, a pillar of democracy, at least in spirit. <laughs> Afghanistan, Iraq, first Iraq. Okay. I know all that. At least in spirit. And it's, it's maintained a, a world order, right? In that world order, there hasn't been a third world war, right? So think about it, you know? That nation 
is now indicting its former leaders. Leader at this point. That precedent is mind-fucking-blowing. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. Find me on X, formerly known as Twitter at Tykeens, YouTube at Tykeens, on LinkedIn, Tykeens, Tykeens.com, Patreon.com slash Tykeens. Trying to say these faster and faster. I'm on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, other podcasts. You know, it's only been three months. I'm still working out with the podcasts. I have somebody that helps me make sure all the, you know, it's getting distributed correctly on that front. So, yeah, you got a lot of ways to find me. Um. Make sure you check out the Stephen Friends live stream this weekend. I'm going to be featuring Daniel Sanderson, who's a normal panel member. Who is Daniel Sanderson? He's going to be on the show. So looking forward to that. I'll see you next week. <laughs>